Hello, Frog fans. Welcome to Post Game Beers. We are the Lupton Drinking Club. Well, a skeleton crew tonight. I am JD. I'm joined by Ray. And our guest tonight, before the TCU versus Cal State Fullerton series this weekend at Lupton, we have David Lamb of Cal State Omaha. The description here on your Twitter, David, is blog and podcast covering Cal State Fullerton baseball ran by a for- former Titan football player, not affiliated, blah, blah, blah. Um, so welcome, David. Um, yeah, if you want, just tell us a little bit about, you know, your podcast and everything you guys have going over there on the West Coast. Sure. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, really appreciated. This is always kind of fun to interact with other fan bases that are college baseball fans as well. There's not a whole lot of us out there. So a lot of us that are doing these things, it's, it's kind of cool to kind of interact. But um, anyway, <clears throat> pardon me. Started the website calstateomaha.com back in, I want to say 2009, I want to say. Uh, I can, it, it actually was the brainchild of going out to Omaha during a run, the 2007 year that uh, Cal State Fullerton played in uh, in Omaha. And uh, I don't know, have you, any of you gentlemen been out to Omaha before? You Obviously, know, in TCU's- fact, I was, I was there in 2017 when you guys were there. Okay, fantastic. That was my, my one trip. My last time was out in 2015 when TCU was there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But in 2007, long story short, uh, a buddy of mine were out there and our first game was on Saturday. And this is when it was still at the old Rosenblatt. So uh, 2007, our game was on Saturday. And so we went to the first two games, sat in the outfield, did the whole nine yards, and then enjoyed maybe a little bit too much of the Omaha nightlife on Friday night. <laughs> to one too many jello shots? <laughs> they weren't doing the jello shot challenge at that time. However, uh, people under were... underestimate Omaha's nightlife, especially during the College World Series. <laughs> During the College World Series, that that town really, really embraces the whole the whole atmosphere. Yeah, it's like baseball and Mardi Gras. It's it, amazing. It, re- it really, really is. And being Cal State Fullerton fans, and you know the, the history that Cal State Fullerton has had there, and all that, uh, you know, we we really, really enjoyed ourselves. Let's just leave it yep. at that. <laughs> I remember. And I remember that. Same the story. old the old Rosenblatt. The way it had it was is that you could buy tickets, a book of ten tickets for the outfield and they're all general admission type of situation. And you could trade those tickets in for reserved seats, but you had to be standing in line when the box office opened prior to the first game. Well, Mm -hmm. our game was against Oregon state. The second game, which started at like five or six o'clock or something like that, that day. So we wake up a little bit late, as you might imagine, and it's June in Omaha and we, Oh, oh my gosh, we got to get down to the ticket office because we want to upgrade our tickets. We want to get reserved seats, sit in the Titan section. So we race down there, a little bit hungover, a little bit everything else that goes along <laughs> with it. And the line literally is stretching to center field around the stadium. Yep. And it's hot, it's humid, it's June in Omaha. And my buddy Mike looks at me and he goes, dude, there's no way we are going to survive. This is the, 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 There's no way we're going to survive. Even if we get in the back <laughs> of the line, we're going to melt, we're going to die. That's from the conditions. <laughs> yeah. But then there's no guarantee that we're going to be able to get up to the front, even if we do survive. And then there's still going to be reserve tickets left. We got we to gotta go to plan B. So... He says, I got an idea. Let's let's work our way from the front 
and start working our way back. And let's look for a friendly face. Let's look for somebody wearing Cal State Fullerton gear. Let's let's do that. And then let's offer to buy their tickets if they yep. just buy our two or something like that. Like, you know, That's exactly what I would have done too. Yeah. So we start working our way up the line and we see the first guy we see, we don't recognize him, but he's wearing Cal State Fullerton gear. So we come up and we strike up a conversation. We're like, hey man, yeah, you know, Cal State Fullerton, blah, blah, blah. So we start asking him like, are you from Orange County, California? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, well, you must have been an alumnus there. You know, no, 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 no. I live in Lincoln, Nebraska. And I'm a Huskers fan. (laughs) And we're like, okay, uh, so what's up with the Cal State Fullerton gear? He goes, well, the Huskers aren't here. I love college baseball. And you guys are here so often that, you know, you guys are like the home team anyway. So, you know, you guys are like Cal State Omaha. So in my hungover state the light bulb didn't go on until later and i said to my buddy i was like oh, how cool would it be to have like t-shirts that said like cal state Omaha yeah. on them hell yeah and a couple of years later or whatever it is i figured it out like we wanted to print up t-shirts but this is in 2010 or 2009 or whatever it is and you couldn't just do one-offs so uh started Printing these t-shirts had to come up with the capital. I know how to do websites and things like that. So came up with the website and then um, did a run of a hundred and sold them through the website. But then from there, it transitioned into kind of like more of a college baseball blog. That's Cal State Fullerton and Titan baseball centric. And then in a few years ago, I created the podcast and came up with the term because I'm not really a big fan of the calling it the blah, blah, blah show, you know, whatever yeah. the Drew Carey show or the Merrily Tyler yeah. show, or, you know, you've heard these radio sports shows. It's like the, the name of the, the rich Eisen show. It's like the Rob so, bro show. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just so uncreative. <laughs> and it's like, dude, come up with, come, come up with a better name, you know, but so I still wanted something that was a little branding. And this kind of brings it kind of full circle with what, TCU and we're talking about and all that kind of stuff is the fact that I came up with the term uh, 1544 miles to Omaha podcast. So in the outfield at Goodwin Field, there's a sign that says the Sarlos family says good luck and it's only 1544 miles to Omaha. And so whenever, whenever the Titan teams clinch a super regional, they run out there, whether it's on that field or most recently in 2017 against the hated Long Beach State Dirtbags, we did it on their field. <laughs> so we celebrated on their in their house, and then we bust back to we. I'm talking like I'm on the freaking team, but the Titans bust back to Goodwin, and then they all got off the bus and they ran out. Sprint. I mean, there's a good video of it in social media somewhere of them sprinting out and all pounding on the wall and 15, 40 more miles to Omaha and all that kind of stuff. Well, it turns out full circle is as I actually talked about this on my podcast with Kirk Sarlos earlier in the season, uh, that the brainchild of that was actually his dad, Larry. Oh, so awesome. when, when Kirk yeah. was, when Kirk was really pitching cool. for Cal State Fullerton, they played in an LSU regional, or I guess they played a series at LSU or something like that. And you've seen the old Alex box stadium where they've got the outfield advertisements. It looks like it's a, a, a double a ballpark, where right? They've got all these advertisements all over the, and they actually had this sign out there that said uh, such and such good luck. And it's only 974 miles to Omaha. Right. So he thought that would be really, really cool. And obviously because big Larry 
has a, a winery and has a little bit of extra cash mm-hmm. decided to to do the to do the signage and all that kind of stuff so i actually had a conversation and i shared this with with kirk when i was having a conversation with him in the um on the, on the podcast he never really understood it was kind of really cool for me to oh, share that, that story awesome. and the, if I, I don't know if if you knew larry or not kirk's dad but larry was this just lovable guy to the point where like he made a comment on a post that I had and he was like, Oh, Hey, call me and left his phone number like out there on the website for like God and everyone to see. <laughs> sounds like, like Keith. Oh. Yeah. It sounds like something Keith would do. <laughs> I'm like, dude, Larry, what are you doing, man? So I called him up and he just kind of gives me the story. And unfortunately I didn't think to start recording it. And it was only like, you know, a quick 10 minute story or whatever it was, but I didn't record it. And then fortunately, you know, Larry had his accident and passed away. And I, you know, that's one of my big regrets is that I never got him to do just kind of like a little short snippet on how they came up with the idea for the sign, which obviously beget the the idea for the podcast for me. So anyway, that's that's kind of it. That's a little bit of the genesis of the website. That's a little bit of the genesis of uh, starting the podcast. And, you know, here we are. We're talking college baseball. You know, before we dive into Kirk and all the stuff that he goes uh went on at Fullerton. I think uh, that's the cool thing back to Omaha about Omaha is every year they kind of adopt a fan yeah. base and yeah. they really uh, go hard for that team. Yeah. I was just about to say too, um, I was at TCU uh, starting in 2012 to 2014. And I met several kids from the Nebraska area, Lincoln or Omaha. And they literally said like, yeah, we went to the College World Series in 2010, and I kind of fell in love with TCU, so it got me to take a visit, and here I am. And I think Fullerton has had a number of kids from the Omaha area come all the way out to to, to Cal State yeah. Fullerton. Most recently, he actually hit the transfer portal. His name is Tristan Gomez. He's actually with the Portland Pilots right now. Uh, but then the most recent one before that was in 2015. The closer, he was a left-hander. His name was Tyler Peitzmeyer. He's from Omaha. So we've actually had a number of kids come in from Omaha because Cal State Fullerton has had such a rich history there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. All right, Ray, you wanted to talk about Kurt. Yeah, uh, just, uh, you know, thoughts, memories. I, I don't know how long you've been a Cal State fan, alum. Um, just, you know, impressions of Kirk Sarlos. Well, the, the way I became a uh, – you, you read off the, uh, the the description on the, on the Twitter – handle is is that i am a former football player so that's how i got to cal state fullerton is is that i was recruited out of the san diego area and came up to play football at cal state fullerton and the way that i and you know being the the dumb football player that i was is i didn't know that cal state fullerton's baseball program had such a rich history and 1979 was the first national championship and 84 was the the second national championship so i graduated high school in 1989 and so they'd already had two championships under their belt and had number of trips to Omaha already already in the in the banks. So when I show up at Cal State Fullerton, I'm and you gotta understand this is still when they had Division One AA and now they call it something different, and all that kind of stuff. And even though we were Division One A, we were not not the best. Hence the reason why, uh, or one of the reasons why they don't have a football team anymore. But with that said, I show up and one of my roommates was going to be the kicker and punter. And first day of practice, all these TV news vans come out and they're all running around and they got microphones in front of my future roommate. 
asking him questions. And I'm like, man, this is like big time college football. Like, you know, I'm not an offensive lineman. No one wants to talk to me, but like, you know, the freshman kicker and punter, I mean, he's getting chased around by all the local TV news stations. <laughs> Turns out I'm having lunch with him and he's like, oh yeah, I, uh, I also play, play baseball. So I'm going to play baseball in the spring for, for, for Cal State Florida. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. Whatever it is. Still not asking like, well, who are you? Or, you know, why are you <laughs> such a big deal or whatever it is? Turns out fast forward, it's Phil Nevin. Oh, oh my oh. goodness. <laughs> Turns out to be the 1992 Golden Spikes Award winner. Uh, wow. First overall draft pick by the Houston <laughs> oh, Astros wow. in 1992 and all this other kind of stuff. But, you know, okay. I just knew him as like, hey, he's, dude, he's a kicker and a punter. Like, whatever, dude. You know, what are we, what are we doing here, right? Um, so that was my first introduction to Titan baseball was actually through Phil being my roommate. And then at Cal State Fullerton, I don't know if it's the same at TCU, but it's very incestuous is probably not the best term, but it's a very close knit group when it comes to the student athlete group. To the point where, oh, yeah. oh hey, the volleyball yeah. girls are having a party. Yeah. Okay, you know, you see the bunch of the wrestlers and the gymnastics girls and, you know, the basketball team, the baseball team. You know, we'd all kind of like go. And then another team would be, hey, the track and field team is having a party or something like that. Yeah. You know, we'd all go over there or something like that. So I got to know a lot of the baseball players really, really well by obviously my friendship and, and being a roommate of, of, of Phil. So fast forward to your original question is, is that I've been – I've been following the team ever since I was a collegian there, but um, I moved out of state after I graduated in 1994, but then came back in the early 2000s, which is when Kirk was there and was pitching. So uh, got to a number of games, but always was following them. Uh, but the, my best memory with Kirk is, is that he was a closer and a starter in, in <laughs> both phases of his career to the point where he, he was really, really good to the point where it was like, hey, where do we need him? Do we need him at the back of the bullpen? Do we need him to actually start games and shut things out? Um, you know, one of my favorite things was, uh, and not to plug my podcast over, over <laughs> anything else, but I would highly encourage people to go to the podcast and then look look back. It's only a few episodes back of the episode that I have with Kirk. And we talk a lot about his experience at Cal State Fullerton and all that kind of stuff. And we also talk about him in the pros. And then he shares a funny story about when he was a rookie and how Jeff Bagwell played a prank on him and all that sort of kind of stuff. But <laughs> I just, I just remember Cal State Fullerton absolutely dominating in a 28 to nothing, no hitter. And Kirk is, Kirk is one of five Cal State Fullerton Titans to have thrown a no hitter for us. It was Longo Garcia, Kirk Sarlos, uh, Teddy Silva, and uh, most recently was Colton Eastman and then uh, Justin Garza. So those are the five. So he's, I know Mount Rushmore's only got four heads on it, but you know, if you put a fifth, there's the five no hitters right there. So it doesn't have to just have four. We could add a yeah. fifth then up there. Yeah, I know. But you know, <laughs> normally when you say, hey, what's your Mount Rushmore of? You're right. living it to yeah. four. But yeah, that's... I, I, I just, my, my, my memory of Kirk was just, he was just phenomenal. And, and you know, I know there's no guarantees, there's no sure things out there, but it was crazy in the fact that I don't know. I mean, I think on the top of my head, uh, his his draft year, he I think he was 12 and 0. So it was kind of like automatic. If Kirk was on the mound that day, you were like, yeah, dude. Yeah. You know, and, and, and gambling on on college baseball was not a thing. But yeah. I would I would imagine that, you know, it would probably have been like a negative 900. 
Yeah. When you know you would have had to lay nine hundred just to win a hundred or something <laughs> yeah. like that. If, yeah. If, if Kirk was on the mound, because it was it was it was almost automatic. It was crazy. Yeah, we've had a couple of starters roll through, kind of yeah, in that pre- same ilk. You know, Preston Morrison comes to mind. Pre- yeah, Preston Morrison, one of the greatest college pitchers of all time. Uh, Nick Lodolo, to an extent, uh, someone that you. Whenever you're watching Lodolo, you're what okay, that's a surefire MLB guy yeah. right there. And then to the uh, closer starter thing, you know, TCU over the years has had a couple of players kind of in that same that same cloth, uh Brandon Finnegan and Halen Green. Halen Green to an extent. I was thinking more Finnegan and Ryu Farrell. Yeah. Both, well, uh, did, did Farrell really start? Not to get too off topic, but I don't remember him starting much, but anyway. Um, I'm sure those uh, those staffs were so loaded whenever he was yeah. here. Well, um, let's let's get into baseball, David. We want to make sure you get out on time. What do you got a umpiring gig tonight? Is that what you said? I, I do, and I foolishly uh, did not block myself. We use a, a a a software where you can block out certain days or times to say you're unavailable. And unfortunately, because here in California we had so much rain earlier in the yeah. season that the USC game was rescheduled for tonight oh, okay and okay, so when the, when the when this when the season came mm-hmm. out i immediately went into that software and i said okay i'm gonna block this day and i'm gonna block that day and all that stuff well foolishly failed to do that because when they pushed it and moved it to this date i didn't block it out so my yeah. assigners were like oh this dude's available boom and then you know it's kind of a it's kind of a jerk move to be like, oh yeah, sorry, I I, I can't take your gig and, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I I I also do uh, high school and, and travel ball nice. umpiring as well. Yeah, okay. we can start there. That uh, USC Cal State game. That's kind of a big game for Cal State Fullerton tonight in terms of you know RPI and setting yourself up in a better postseason position. I believe so. Uh, we we I keep on saying that we. Uh, the Titans, they they lost the the first game up at Los Angeles. I think it was a four to three, if I remember the, the correct thing. So when it comes to the local Southern three. California, yep, yeah, yeah, I knew it was it was super super close, mm-hmm. uh, and it went all the way down to the wire there. But Cal State Fullerton and UCLA, they usually do a home and away midweek. Uh, USC usually does a home and away, depending on the, the you know the years and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but so this is this was originally supposed to be there at, at Goodwin, but yeah, it's 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 a big one in the fact that if you were looking at the beginning of the season for Cal State Fullerton, obviously being in a rebuilding phase, we were looking at a lot of these USC games, UCLA games, the TCU mid, you know, yeah. you know, bi week uh, weekend series. We were looking at those like, oh my gosh, you know, yeah, that can be a huge RPI builder, but at the same time, please don't get crushed. Please, <laughs> you know, please don't don't get you know curb stomped here. But yeah. since the team has really improved, I think the attitude of the coaching staff and the players and, and 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 fans alike are looking at it like, oh, you know, we can legitimately win these things. We don't have to worry about you know getting getting destroyed. You know, well, yeah, look the- at y'all's schedule. It kind of seemed like that Texas series y'all just took off right after because y'all kind of played, you know, your stick was in the mud there against Michigan and Stanford. Yeah, that, that's the most surprising thing on the schedule to me is that Michigan series. Well, not to blame weather because obviously yeah, everybody has to play in the same weather. 
but that series was bumped because of so much rain and the, and the soggy conditions that it actually turned from a three game series to a to a single game or a single day doubleheader. Oh, and okay. I went yeah. to both of those games, <laughs> and it was cold. It was it was really really windy and uh, just just really really bad conditions and not sounds great that, for michigan yeah right so these guys <laughs> are expecting to get the california experience well, when they come out they they unfortunately got you know, their own weather you would you would assume and i actually it was funny we we're in the parking lot tailgating and we're pulling up the weather app and i think it was two degrees warmer in ann arbor than it was at fullerton <laughs> california at first pitch or, you know, whenever we were looking it up. So, you know, that, that Michigan series wasn't, wasn't the greatest, the Stanford series, unfortunately, they kind of gave some things away and could have easily come away two out of three or even possibly oh, swept it. 21, 13 and 10 innings. That's yeah. wild. Yeah. Yeah. Was there at that. So that one was the giveaway game where it was like, are you kidding me? You know, we wasn't there we, a big lead going into that late in the game that Stanford had like a, crazy comeback and then just kind of of course blew it away there in the 10th right i think i think it was like four or five runs was the lead that they eventually ended up tying it to send it to extras and then in extras it just absolutely imploded so that that was one of those where it's like heck if we just kind of didn't trip over ourselves we would have been all right Uh, well you haven't you haven't lost a series since uh since michigan so i would say y'all rebounded quite well Right. In and, April. <laughs> and, and also, like I mentioned earlier that, you know, once I graduated from Fullerton, I moved out of state. I actually went and did my postgraduate work at the University of Oklahoma. So hopefully mm-hmm. TCU guys, you guys don't hold this against us um, nah. being a being a Sooner. But it's kind of like a, a pseudo Sooner because I'm a Titan first and then, you know, obviously went to my postgraduate work there. But very much developed the hate for the University of Texas that every other Sooner has. And so it was really, really fun and doubly fun for me. And the fact that Fullerton not only took that series, but it was against the University of Texas and Finn Chester, who was in the bullpen, who's now moved to be our Saturday night guy, um, threw down a, a, a very gentle, soft horns down uh, <laughs> when, when he struck out their final batter. And then that kind of ignited some things to the point where there was a little bit of a dust up, kerfuffle, whatever you want to call it, on Sunday uh, but I think, you know, University of Texas, they were asking for it because I mean, it's like, really? They stand out there and they sing the eyes of Texas. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, oh, my dude, God. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. We that. just got done with that experience. <laughs> yeah. So. Do that. Do that so, crap in your own yard. Don't do it at our place, dude. With, with, with that Texas series, I was, I was kind of looking at that just now. And I, I saw on, I think it was it must have been the Sunday game. You guys pitched Eben Yates. It looks like he went five innings and only had one earned run. And he's only a freshman. And that kind of intrigues me because we've been in a situation where we've been playing, starting a lot of freshmen kind of through circumstance yeah. on, on our own in here. You think that's a kid we'll see this weekend? Yeah. So your your starting lineup and, and, and Evan is is actually a sophomore. So he was a freshman last year. Okay. Uh, he's, gotcha. he's a sophomore gotcha. this year. But de- depending on classifications because of COVID and all this other kind of stuff, all that kind of stuff. So right. the, the, so two, the two that. starters that you're going to see – are going to be Tyler Stoltz. He's a left-hander. And I think Tyler is like 24 or 25 years old. And the fact that he was a JUCO guy. Uh, yeah. So because Ooh, of COVID. BYU. 
everybody well everybody got a lot of their their years back especially if they were actually playing yeah so zach lou who is the right. third baseman for cal state fullerton he's kind of the gray beard of the group in the fact that he was a true freshman in 2019 well in 2020 COVID hits shuts everything down everybody gets their eligibility back zach continues on so you kind of get a lot of those freebies well in juco if you play two years the year of COVID in 2020 and then the following year in 21 those those years just didn't count so right. these dudes are out there they're playing but it didn't even count against their eligibility so when tyler and finn came in last year they were technically juniors now they're seniors but they're both 24 years old so finn chester he's from uh victoria canada and he came through salt lake city junior college or city college or whatever you want to call it and then ohlone college is where tyler stoltz is from so you've got some two veteran older guys on the mound. So Stoltz is the lefty. He's going to probably go on Friday. Chester has taken over the Saturday night role. Now we did have a guy who was a Pepperdine uh, transfer portal guy named Trevor Henkel. He's now been moved into the bullpen. Uh, righty throws really, really hard. He probably tops out around like 95, 96. And uh, he was the Saturday night guy, but he was really struggling with the second and definitely the third time through the lineup. So I think Jason, the head coach for Cal State Fullerton, Jason Dietrich, he decided uh, after he gave him plenty of rope and unfortunately just never really got it, got it together. But he's much better coming in at just throwing three innings because he just baffles one through nine. And then once one comes back around again, then it's like, oh, OK, we kind of figured this guy out or whatever it is. So he's a he's a good Three, three, maybe four inning kind of guy. And then Evan Yates is probably going to be the starter on Sunday. So that's kind of your, that's kind of what the Frogs are going to be facing. So my impression of just West Coast baseball in general, you know, I watch some, you know, um, when I can, but it's, you know, it's kind of like scrappy, light hitting, good pitching, good defense. Is that the same this year? Because like I'm looking at the home run totals, you guys have 26 compared to TCU's, what did I say, uh, 61. So is that kind of the same way you guys win games, like my general uh, stereotype of West Coast baseball? Yeah, we we out here at Fullerton, we call it small ball or Augie ball. Because right. Augie Garrido was mm -hmm. was the, the inventor of, you know, and, and another mantra of, of the Fullerton faithful is, is like, get them on, get them over, get them in. So if you got a guy that hits a leadoff double or even a leadoff single, look for the butt. And it doesn't matter if it's Brendan Bobo, who is the 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 home run guy. I think he's got eight, maybe nine on the on the season off the top of my head. It, it doesn't matter if it's if it's Brendan Bobo who's the who's the leading home yeah. runner, home run hitter on the team, or if it's a guy that is uh Jack Haley, who is the shortstop that's batting ninth. Uh, you're going to probably see a bunt. And I'm sure Kirk, who played in that that era, is going to know that that's, that's, that's what you should probably expect. So, uh, yeah, you'll, you'll definitely see some bunting, which I know in the SEC and the Big 12 world is, is a little odd. But it is, it is that small ball. It is that Augie ball. And, you know, playing good defense, I think, I think their fielding off the top of my head is like a 976 fielding percentage or something like that. I, I don't have it pulled up in front of me. I probably should. But – you know, so they, they they play decent defense. It's not like they go errorless, but you know, it's decent defense and it's it's a lot of location, good pitching, mm -hmm. uh, off speed, get guys off balance, and then trust your defense <clears throat> behind you. 
Kind of sounds like so we we had a series earlier this year with San Diego. Yeah, and that seems a similar style to the way San Diego plays ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, even though they play in the West Coast Conference, it, it would be similar. It's kind of that whole West Coast baseball style. I know, uh, you know, Stanford and UCLA and USC. They don't necessarily subscribe to the small ball type of type of way of doing it. But you know, Long Beach. They'll yep. still play that. But, you know, Eric Valenzuela, who's the head coach at Long Beach, he came from St. Mary's, which is part of the WCC. But if you got like Loyola Marymount or, you know, USD, Gonzaga even, you know, you'll see those guys playing that kind of a smaller brand just because it's it's really, really hard to mash. Um, even though we've got good weather, you know, it's it's hard to just bash, bash your way to a win. Do you think this Cal State team's kind of underrated or undervalued by uh you know in a national perspective i would say i would say yes and no and i know that sounds kind of like a cop-out but they just got ranked by d1 baseball at like 24 or 25 they just got ranked by uh i want to say like you know and i know with college baseball there's plenty of polls that are out there but i mean i think they're coming in at uh you know the 24 25 mark so I would say it's taken them a little bit of time. Even the Big West coaches poll had them picked to finish fourth in the conference. So I think that gone are the days of having the Cal State Fullerton Titan F on your on your jersey, and then it's like, oh my gosh, these guys are legit. Because unfortunately, 2019 was the decline to the point where you know, Fullerton had this tremendous run of consistently going to the going to the regionals and winning 30 games and never having a losing season. And within the past four or five years, all of that got blown up to the point where writing on the website, it was in 2019. It's like, okay, will this be the first year that the Titans don't win 30 games or more in a season? Which we all know in, in college baseball, 30 games is 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 a pretty good season. That's a, that's a nice mm-hmm. benchmark. And I think they went 27 and 26 or something like that, that year. So they didn't, so they avoided that 2020 blew up and, you know, they were, I think they were four and 12 before COVID shut everything down. And then in 2021, when they came back, that was the first losing season ever. I mean, ever mm-hmm. in the history of the program. And I know the program's only been around since 1975, but we're talking damn near 50 years of division one baseball and you have never had a losing season, a sub 500 season. Yeah. I mean, that's that's incredible. 2021 was the first year that that happened. And they went 20 and I want to say like 34 or something like that. I mean, it was absolutely ridiculous. And everybody out here was just absolutely losing their mind. Yeah. Like, how can this happen to us? This is us. This is Cal State Fullerton. This is this. This this happens to everybody else, not us and all this kind of stuff. So a uh, new coach comes in in 2022 improved on that by two two wins i think last year was 22 wins still below 500 but it was got hired on july 1 was cooking with somebody else's groceries not kicking dirt on a previous regime but the recruiting had dropped off a bit and it, it was you know a new style new coaching staff trying to play with with different guys that weren't his so i think now we're we again Titans are ahead of schedule going into this season. 
talking with Titan fans either on the message boards or in person, a lot of us were like, if we can win 30 games, even if we don't win the Big West, even if we don't go to the regionals, but if we can get back to winning 30 games, we're going to we're gonna feel good that the trajectory is on pace. Yeah. But now that they're sitting at, mm-hmm. what, 26 games right now, wins with about, what, right. thir- including tonight's game, 14, thir- 13, 14 games left to go in the season – and leading the Big West in in the in the conference standings, a lot of the Titans have the Titan fans have really changed their tune, and they're like, "We're right. back, baby!" And I'm like, "I'll oh, do, don't do it, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's don't do it." <laughs> it's really interesting looking at Fullerton because D1 has them as a two seed, which feels about right. But then you look at the RPI, and they're sitting at 44. You know, the Michigan games are kind of dragging down the RPI. So I think just from my yeah, Sorry? unfortunately, I hate to interrupt, but unfortunately, oh, the real the real RPI killers all come within conference. Yeah, it's UC right. Riverside, UC Davis, and Cal State Bakersfield. Yeah, and I didn't. So I'm seeing five and three against teams like from 100 to 200. I just assumed that was Michigan, but I guess it could be others. Um, yeah, and even though they're nine and zero against the 200 plus, right, which is the Riversides, the Davis, and the Bakersfield. Okay, the world, I see what you're saying. I see. But what you're unfortunately. Saying. Yeah, they they swept UC Riverside out at Riverside. They swept UC Davis up at Davis, and then swept Cal State Bakersfield at at home. Yeah, and they still drop, mm-hmm. drop, 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 drop. I mean, it's just they're incredible yeah. RPI anchors. So it's not it's not the Big Twelve. It's not the yeah, ACC. Right. So like in comparison, TCU has one game in its entire season against a team two hundred plus in RPI, right. and Fullerton has nine. So I see what you're right. saying. So it's a little um, bit of a flawed system when it comes to that, but unfortunately. Right. I I think that the coaching staff and the players and the fans like agree that RPI, yes, it's going to be good, but RPI doesn't matter because if you win the conference, you're in. That's true. And talk to Stanford in 2017, talk to Stanford in 2018 when we went up to their yard and we kicked their heads in, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, they probably don't want to see Cal State Fullerton coming in again especially up to their yard because those Chardonnay drinkers definitely don't want to see our asses up there uh, <laughs> taking over the place. You know, we, that, it's called sunken diamond. But when, when we went up there to tailgate for the uh, 2018 series, uh, we renamed it drunken diamond because, you know, <laughs> that's funny. That's you know, if this uh, Cal state team's looking for some disrespect, do you ever, uh, do you ever go to warrennolan.com? Oh yeah, every now and then for sure. And, and so they do the predictive schedule of what uh you know Cal State their what their pro- projected games the rest of the way are. They have TCU sweeping Cal State this weekend. <laughs> oh <Comical>. man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't I don't know about that. Dude, TCU's three and seven and they're we are in 10. such a bad way right now, David. You're you're catching Cal us State is eight time. and two. <laughs> I, well, I, I took a look at the projected what the RPI could be based on the Warren Nolan projections and all that kind of stuff and, and factoring in the potential wins or losses or whatever it is at, at TCU. And it, it projects, I, I want to say it was like 91, 91 or 94 or something like that was the projected final RPI for them projecting it out. And that's, that's comical. I, yeah. And, you know, Hey, you know, these yeah, computer models that's... or whatever they're using, I don't know. Yeah. It's, we were looking at that earlier, but we just chalked it up to kind of fun. Like it's not, I don't think it's a very uh, sophisticated algorithm they have going on over there at this point, maybe one day. Um, So David, I know we're almost out of time, but I did want to ask you real quick. um, If you were a coach, if you were Kirk 
and you wanted to beat Fullerton, what would be your game plan? Like, how would you scout against Fullerton? How do you beat Fullerton? Hmm. Um, that's I, see, and the thing is, is that that's that's a tough one for me to answer because in looking back at their losses, it or, or actually looking at their wins, a lot of their wins, it hasn't been like, oh, okay much like when Kirk was was pitching at Cal State Fullerton, it's like, okay, you know, just notch the win column when Kirk takes the mound because he's going to win. It, it, you know, Tyler Stoltz is, is the Friday guy, but he he scuffled a little bit on Friday night this past weekend. And mm-hmm. so I would expect Tyler to be pretty pissed off and come out and throw lights out on Saturday. Because if you look at, at his stats, it's kind of like, eh, he has a mediocre start and then he's lights out. And then it's mediocre and then it's lights out. So I would say one way to beat the Titans is, is that Brendan Bobo, who is the, you know, he's not the, the, he's not the SEC or the, or the big 12 type home run hitter that you guys are accustomed to seeing, but he does, he is that lottery ticket to the point where it's either going to be a strikeout or he's going to roll over on one or it's going to be out of the park. Yeah. I see his numbers 215 hitting 215 on the year, but he's got seven home runs. Right. So I would say if, if Bobo's in the lineup, uh, he struggles a lot against left-handers. I don't know how you guys have. We have none. Left-handed pitching. We, yeah, no, we have a couple. That, that will, be a, will be a problem playing TC. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, in, it's, in, in the in the Fullerton wins that they've had, it hasn't been, okay, this is the guy that's going to beat you. This is the guy that you can just rely on where it's like, oh, gosh. Like you guys have Silva, where yeah. every time Silva comes up, you guys are feeling pretty confident, right? Like, right. okay, something good's going to happen. Or, you know, if, you know, he's not a thousand, you know, he's not batting a thousand, but you know, if, if, if he does get out, it's probably going to be a productive out or it's not going to yep. be wasted yep. or whatever it happens to be. Correct. But in all of the Titan wins, they just, they're just figuring out ways to win. And so it's not a, a, a formula. And I wish I, I could give you guys something. I would say, uh, Bobo struggles with left-handers, but apparently that's not your strength. If we out of the bullpen, you'll see it, but none of our starters. Yeah, gotcha. No starters. Uh, but I, I would, I would say, to to be quite honest with you, if if you're able to get to any of the starters early and and get them out, because if you look at Finn Chester, if you look at Evan Yates, you know, even even Tyler, they're going five six innings in a start. Mm-hmm. So if you're able to knock them out within the third inning or the fourth inning or something like that, that means that you guys are doing something well. Uh, but it's, it's, it's just tough. It, it's, it's hard to say like offensively, like, Oh, okay. You know, you definitely have yeah. to get this guy out. And if you get him out you're feeling pretty good because a lot of the guys have really just, you know, if it's not Jack Haley, it's, it's Brendan Bobo and it's not Brendan Bobo. It's Zach Lou. If it's not him, it's Maddox Lotta. So it's, it's a veteran team to the point where they haven't been together for a long time. Yeah, but you look at Carter White, the left fielder. He's a JC guy. Maddox Lott, a second baseman, JC guy. Um, I would, I, if I was a coach, I'll tell you this: do not run on Cole Ehrman. That's the catcher. Ooh, we, and we love to run. Okay, well, um, <laughs> you better get a really, really good jump because the dude's pop time is like sub two, yeah. and it is on the money. We're talking; it is three inches from the first base yeah. side of the second uh, of of the back. We might, yeah. want to interesting, cut that back, we might want to cut that back a little bit. It'll be week. an interesting dynamic because TCU is like 95 of like 104 oh, on wow. the year. 
uh, Tim's. Yeah. I mean, they they run like crazy. I just want to ask you this one last question before we let you go. Are there any Orange Lutheran kids on the Cal State team? We actually do. We uh, Fullerton has uh, Zach Lou, who is from Orange Lutheran. Caden Connor, who's a left-handed bat from um, Anaheim Hills, but went to Orange Lutheran. He uh, he plays first base. Uh, Christian Rodriguez who unfortunately tore his UCL at the end of middle of last year, but didn't get uh TJ surgery until after last season. So he's, he's not going to pitch, but he's also an orange Lutheran kid. So we actually have uh, three on there, but two of them are going to be starting this weekend out there in Fort Worth. It's like us. We have three ourselves and two will be starting. In fact, that'll be your starting battery on Saturday. Uh, Lewis Rodriguez and Carson Bowen. Yeah, uh, they've, they've got a pretty good program there to the yep. point where, uh, you know, a lot of the kids, the the head coach, his he's sending his kid at Orange, uh, the head coach, Eric Borba at, at Orange Lutheran, his kid is committed to Texas. Mm-hmm. So I think he I think he's signed in uh, a, a letter of intent for Texas. So uh, they've got a pretty good program. They put out yeah. some pretty good players there. Well, David, we know you got to run. Uh, we really appreciate you joining us. Um, everybody go follow David. Um, he's at Cal State Omaha and check out his podcast. Uh, yeah, we're looking forward to the series. It's always fun to play a blue blood, especially in your own park. So, yeah, well, David, what, thanks for the time, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, before before we run, I'm going to encourage everybody to listen to this as well. Um, okay. If there's some parents or some fans that are making their way out to, uh, to Fort Worth, I know you guys like to have a little bit of fun in the parking lot. Um, what, what should, what should they look for? Oh yeah. By the way, my five month old puppy, her name is Omaha <laughs> just came in and decided to introduce herself. That's a great name. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, well, it's going to be weather dependent. I, the last forecast I saw wasn't that great, but we had a pretty kick-ass barbecue last weekend, just right outside the, um, out, um, behind, behind the fence area in the outfield is where the main parking is. So it's, it's really not, um, it's pretty hard to miss with yeah, things going out there. Otherwise, go to University Drive right by campus. Check out Buffalo Bros, Dutches, uh, and the University Pub. It's a little bar area right there on campus, maybe about a half mile from the stadium. Uh, that's that's always a great place to go. So, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, I, I definitely wanted to encourage everyone. the parents to come up and say, hey, you know, and I heard you guys on yeah. your podcast, and Dave suggested I come up here and – Say hello to the to the Lupton Drinking Club. Yeah, um, we'll, yeah, we'll probably shoot tweet us out, a DM. We'll, we'll, we'll tweet out our plan. So if if they want to, you know, mm-hmm. check out our Twitter and just see where we're at, we'd love to um, we'd love to interact. So you got it. That'd All right, awesome. David. Uh, thanks again. Um, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Make, thanks for having me, guys. All right. Make the good calls tonight. Thank you, man. Yeah. <laughs> I got my glasses on, so of course, you know. <laughs> I'm gonna go put, blue. I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go put my contacts in so nobody can tell me to change my prescription. <laughs> there you go. All, All right, gentlemen, Dave. thanks for having me All on. Right, I appreciate Dave. it. Thank you. You got it. Appreciate you, man. You got it.